Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, World Headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast. Well, I'd like to say weekly. It's kind of been hit and miss, but to this week's podcast of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. We have a guest on today, and if you can get over the heat or the cold, wherever you're located in the country, we have a Butcher Barbecue brand ambassador with us. His name is Glenn Drake. Glenn, say hello. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's going on, Dave? Hey, good hearing from you. Tell everybody where you're from. Uh, Long Island, New York. Born and raised. Long Island, New York. Well, I didn't know there was a lot of barbecue up that way, so can you prove everybody different? What do you cook on? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to prove everybody different. I have a, uh, a pit barrel cooker, um, and then I have a Weber you know, charcoal grill and uh, a Weber um, uh, gas. A Weber, did you say gas? Yeah, gas. Nice. Regular old, yeah. Yeah. So... What what does Glenn do for a living? Uh, I am a financial and operational analyst for a uh, a medical courier company. I've been with them for uh, just coming up on seventeen years. With them a long time. I or was going to say, yeah. What <laughs> what is a medical courier company? What what is it that they do? So. Um, if you uh, go to a doctor's office and you leave a, uh, a sample of any sort, whether it be, you know, a piece of skin or whatever have you, um, we have drivers who go out and pick up those samples, the white boxes you see outside, and we bring them back to labs. And on the other end, we deliver pharmaceuticals and, um, you know, from, to nursing homes and to home patients from uh, your local pharmacy. Uh, we are... A uh, few countries now, actually. We're a pretty large company. And um, I just look at a lot of spreadsheets and maps and figure out how things can work or work better. And, yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. That, started, at the, started at the bottom as a dispatcher and made it to where I am now. Well, what does... Okay, we know what you do for a living. And obviously, you do some cooking. And you mentioned the grills that you have. Out of those grills or smokers, whatever you wish to call them, what's your favorite one to cook on? Hands down, the the pit barrel. Uh, the results out of it are just, you just can't get it any other way. Um, the smoke flavor, the, the charcoal flavor, um, you know, everybody in their, their, you know, their dad and their mom have a uh, some sort of, propane, you know, but just different, unique, especially here. I mean, other parts of the country are obviously different. Uh, Long Island is not really known for its barbecue, as you said earlier, and it's true. And uh, I definitely uh, raise some eyebrows when I, when you know, someone walks around the house, uh, walks by walking their dog, and they smell the wood. Like, what is that? That's that's a smoker. And, Hmm. uh, yeah, it's pretty uncommon around here, but that's my favorite by far. So what do you like to use for your source of heat? Uh, so the main source of heat in that is charcoal, and then uh, I'll toss in some wood chunks, um, depending on what I'm cooking. Uh, I stick around with post oak uh, a lot. Um, if I'm doing something like, 
uh, pulled pork. I'll do apple, cherry, whatever's handy. Uh, but most of the time, it's uh, post oak. You said charcoal. Do you like lump yeah. or briquettes? Of course, if he, uh, yeah, the um, what are the uh, the uh, Kingsford the blue bag. Okay, uh, so what? just briquettes. Yep. Okay. Where do you source? Okay, uh, I'm picturing Long Island. Sorry, I'm picturing Long Island as a lot of city type not a lot of trees where do you source your um wood at uh well uh you're kind of close to your description i mean when you go west towards the city it's very much like you described more where i live um you know, we, we don't have a, a wood supply like you would see out in the midwest or texas um honestly i'll i'll either source it from something online if i see a a cool uh, boutique style uh, wood chunks, or for the most part, my local big box store. Okay, yeah, I I was wondering. I spent just a little bit time up in New Hampshire with a company when I was working grocery store. I'm sorry, meat markets, and that's exactly what we had to do up there in parts. And I was wondering back then. I had a WSM and just you know just cooking was fun, and I didn't understand where it would take me, but yeah. I was wondering where you sourced your wood at. Yeah, that's it. Nothing, nothing too special. Do you it's, cook? It's that Go kind ahead. Of thing. Not easy and common around here to get anything kind of, you know, from like, hey, man, I got a, you know, you could buy wood from me. It's not like that here. <laughs> yeah. So do you cook all year long or do you, are you a fair weather cooker? Uh, oh, absolutely. Cook all year long. I think, uh. The rookies come out in the spring and close up shop in the, you know, the late fall. I think uh, we have a. My family has a house up in Vermont, a ski house, and you know, going out to the smoker wearing snow boots and snow pants. I, I think it's a blast. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, all year round. Cool. So, what's your favorite thing to cook? Hands down, beef ribs. Without question, the big dinosaur short ribs it's just so special uh it's hard to find here Uh, i get it from a a local butcher you gotta call ahead you gotta make sure they have it they know that i'm coming for it and um you can't get it at a grocery store around here and it's what started me on this journey um it's what excited me to you know made me excited to get into barbecue and uh you know People keep asking me to make it. My brother-in-law, just the other day, we went up to the Vermont house, and he's like, hey, can you make a beef ribs? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's cool. I would. That was actually one of my questions. Um, where do you source your meat at? So you've answered that. Could you go just a little bit into your prep on them? Because they're becoming popular, but a lot of people still don't grasp the the intensity that it takes to get them tender and cooked properly. Would you mind going through your cook cycle? Yeah, sure. Uh, first and foremost, uh, kosher salt the night before. Let it, you know, the big uh, coarse salt. Let it get in there. Uh, that's that to me is is golden. And then uh, let it sit overnight. Um, other than that, I tried to keep it real simple. Uh, just pepper, garlic, you know, the old SPG, uh, just 
Philadelphia beats it. Um, depending on the, in, in the colder months or with the drier months, uh, I'll definitely inject. Um, I'll use uh, your beef injection, um, something similar, whatever. Uh, use something you know just to give that extra moisture inside. Um, but other than that, it's just um, it's one of those things you just got to keep simple. Uh, people tend to overthink things like that, and yeah, no, it's it, it, it let the let the meat work its magic. All right, let's take a half a step back. When you're purchasing your ribs, you did say they're hard to come across, and I know you probably don't have a lot to choose from, but if you do, what are you looking for when you're choosing your short, uh, beef ribs? Uh, prime, uh, and just something over the, I'll get the plate with the three ribs, over five pounds. Um, I found anything less than that, just, I just haven't had a success with it. They dry out. Um and just that nice marbling um, and fresh uh, is obviously key. You know, I definitely won't buy something on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Um, definitely want to wait till the, the butcher gets their order in and and talk to the butcher. You know, if they don't have what I'm looking for, I'll buy it. Do you do any special trimming or do any trimming? Yeah, if the, the fat cap on top is, is uh, heavy, I'll trim it down to... Um, just about like the silver skin, a little bit above that. Um, I do like to keep a little bit of fat on there. Some people like that, that texture and that flavor. Um, other than that, uh, no. Okay. You're, you got them trimmed. You've got them seasoned. They've been setting. You said overnight. Um, let's pretend it's Saturday morning and you're ready to cook. You've got your drum set up, and that's that is what you're going to cook them on, right? Yep, I'll cook them in a pit barrel. Um, for those, I definitely like post oak, um, and I'll set up the, uh, the the charcoal in the in the smoker. Put the the wood to the side uh, so that it gradually, so it's not all this big smoke in, at any one time. It kind of as the charcoal gets lit, it lights up the wood throughout the whole cook. Um, and, uh, away it goes. I like to cook, um, anywhere between, uh, 235 and 265 is, uh, I have found to be my, my good zone and, um, throw in a few probes, um, and, and she's off. Do you run a baffle plate or anything in there? I'll put in a, you mean like for water? For water uh, yeah, water would work in the in the shelf below it, but I didn't know if your drum had a diffuser plate or something in it. Oh, no. No, it's um, it's so high up. I haven't had any issues with it uh, getting too cooked at, um, at the bottom. All right. Bone side down or bone side up when you get started? Oh, oh. bone side down. And it stays that way throughout the whole cook. Okay. Do you rotate your racks any? Well, the racks stay in their their one spot. However, um, I will pay attention to where throughout the cook I'll peek and see where the uh, the charcoal's burning, and I will move around the um, the, the the beef rib just a little out of the way so it's not directly underneath. Um, it's sometimes unavoidable, but. Uh, that's the most amount I'll, I'll touch it. 
other than that, I'm pretty hands-off. Okay. So that almost might answer my next question. Do you mist, butter, spray, mop, do anything like that during the cook cycle? Yeah, like I said earlier, uh, in the drier months, I'm very cautious about getting dry out expensive cut. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely spritz it. Um, sometimes I'll make a little concoction of something with uh, uh, a little bit of vinegar and uh, mostly water and hot sauce. Um, other than that, uh, if I have a beer that's going to go stale in a couple of days or weeks, I'll, I'll use that. Um, that one I kind of let as the day goes on what I have available. Um, and yeah, other than that, uh, pretty, again, pretty hands off, uh, in the, um, more human months. Nice. So you've got it cooking along there at 235, 260. It's, it's getting after it. Let's just say standard summertime cook, not necessarily no. winter with a lot of cool ambient air coming in. What would you say? Well, let me back up a second. Do you wrap them at any point? That it entirely depends on the cut. I, I, I'm gonna. When it starts, when I see the temperature start getting up into 180, 190, um, I'll go in and, and I'll, I'll, I'll touch it and kind of get a feel, uh, and and kind of move it around a little bit just to kind of get a feel of what I think it needs if it needs moisture i'll uh, i will wrap it uh and i'll put in some um uh uh any kind of fluid you know somebody just give it some moisture um but if it's if it's jiggling around a little bit if it, it kind of feels like it's maintaining that moisture i'll let it ride uh on on uh unwrap and if i use wrap it's gonna be wrapping paper i don't use uh, butcher paper i don't use um tinfoil for okay. uh, for ribs beef ribs Sounds like you're going through a little bit of what we call pit mastering. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kicking along. At what point would you say you got a goal time for it to get done? Well, it's funny you say that. So usually I go for anywhere between six to seven hours has been my experience with a good over five pound uh, cut. Um, I just prepared one for a party uh, a few weekends, uh, Memorial Day weekend, and the thing was done in four hours. I couldn't believe it, but that was a fluke, and it was really done. It was it was delicious. It was just great, had great texture. Everything seemed uh, normal. Uh, everything seemed up to up to my expectations. It just was a weird one, and uh, it was. But yeah, I mean, six to seven hours is usually where I, I start seeing that 202, 203 temperature come in and, um, you know, it's ready. Ready That's, to sit for another 45 hours. There you go. I was going, that was my next one. Do you, you let it rest before cutting? And let's say for a party, someone like that. Do you pull the bones out and slice it for people to eat? Or is just three people going to get a beat, a piece of it? <laughs> uh, so, um, I, for a party like I just had, or, you know, just, uh, a few people over, I will slice it, um, and, and, and divvy up accordingly. However, we had, a uh, my, my older brother came, he had, uh, to the Vermont house. We, 
we made the beef rib, and I just saw the look in his eyes when it came off the the, the smoker. I'm like, I'm going to give this kid, you know, a full cut, and just gave him the full bone and everything, and just let him get at it like a like a savage. And he loved it. Uh, it kind of depends, you know, uh, if there's a birthday boy or something like that, I'll give him the bone, you know, I'll write on the bone and let him kind of have that experience, but mostly I'll slice it. All right. You got it out. You got it cooked. Do you serve it with anything as far as, uh, au jus, barbecue sauce, slice and let him carnivore after it? What's your go-to serving for a dinosaur beef rib? Absolutely need to serve it on a big platter, a cutting board, whatever you got. Give everybody a plastic fork and just let them go to town. Family style, everybody come around the table, the counter, wherever it may be. There's something about that that's just primal. That just, and, you know, I, I always say to people, you know, try to put, when they ask, try to put sauce on it, I say, you do whatever makes this experience best for you. I'm going to tell you that that cut of meat, I handpicked it. I know it's going to be superb on its own and enjoy it the way I intend it, I recommend. But uh, there's always barbecue sauce lying around that someone can, or even uh, uh, a steak sauce, uh, like an A1 or something like that. Um, I've seen somebody do before. You know, I didn't say anything. I wasn't too happy about that, but whatever. You know, barbecue's supposed to be fun and, you know, uh, enjoyable. So uh, I'm not too picky, but that's the way I like it, just. You know, I have the bones laid out. You know, everybody can see where it came from and, you know, how it all comes together. And, again, it's just that experience that I think is so cool. I like everything you just said. I like the family-style gathering, everybody just kind of huddling around it at the table. Um, put on it whatever you want to put on it. Um, but that's barbecue. That's what makes everything great about barbecue. There's not one wrong or one right way about it. Uh, so I think your style and your, your come there is, is absolutely great. I'd love it. I'd love it. Next time I'm in the area, I know who to be calling. Uh, Come on by, man. You're always welcome. (laughs) All right. You've cooked these numerous times. Let's, let's try to help someone out as far as learning curve from the first time you cooked one to now. Can you think of anything that you've changed or like, well, I tried this and it didn't work, or I tried this and this was the best, sorry, the best method. Anything in particular there that, that you might want to throw out there? Yeah, the two, the, the two things that I've changed. Uh, one is like uh, I said earlier, you know, 180 to 190 degree area to, to kind of get an idea of how it's going and where it's going to end up, and if it needs a little help, um, I think it's crucial. Otherwise, you can dry it out. Um, and then, you know, if, if you feel it, 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 it does take a little bit of time and a little bit of technique and, you know, knowing where to feel, but if, if, if it's feeling tight and it's feeling like, um, again, it needs a little help to get over that that uh, that stall to get into the 200s, you got to wrap it, and um, it's just the way it goes. Um, and then uh, letting it rest, uh, serving it right out. I just I haven't gotten the same positive feedback. Um, I haven't liked it as well as I have now that I always let it rest. And it's people are like, oh man, we got to wait another hour for this thing. I'm like, I'm telling you, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth <laughs> it. You know, I I didn't mention this, and I am curious 
for finishing, do you go off of a temperature or a, or the feel? Uh, temperature mostly. Uh, I'm pretty pretty reliant on temperature to, to tell me you know that it's ready. Um, you know, I know a lot of people do the poke feel, um, and it, when the you know the the probe goes in like butter and all that, um, that's all well and good. I go by temperature. It's so always just been my my way. And what temp do you try to get to? Two hundred three. There you go. Two hundred three is always to me. It's been just have that's your money. Perfect. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that part. Um, a lot of people don't cook a lot of them beef ribs, and you know they do the tri tips, they do chuck roast, they do the brisket, but beef ribs is something that's not nationally as exposed in cooking and it's really cool to hear your process yeah it's it, to me it's it's almost replaced the uh celebratory steak you know like uh, my daughter's birthday a couple of weeks ago she turned one and i'm like i'm gonna cook a beef rib but my wife's like you don't want to cook a, a big old uh you know t-bone or or porterhouse or no so i this 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 to me has kind of replaced it Okay. And it's, it's unique. You brought this up, so I'm going to dive in. What is your favorite cut of steak? Uh, well, if you're talking steak, like uh, traditional, um, I always have, my friends are going to make fun of me for saying this. Who are, are going we've, we've always gone back and forth. The ribeye, the porterhouse. I've always loved the porterhouse. Okay. Always. Just, I, it has a special place in my heart. I'm I'm a ribeye person. Um, I've never never changed from that. I'm I am a ribeye person, um, but I can understand why people would like a porterhouse. Give you a little insight technically as to what a porterhouse is versus a great big T-bone. The porterhouse on the fillet uh, side of it, it has to measure at least three and a half inches in across. And it's cut off of the first four inches closest to the sirloin. So a lot of people don't realize that there is the little top of that sirloin. It does come along the top of that New York strip. And when that is gone, it is then technically called a T-bone. But anyway, back from being nerding out on it. <laughs> that's, that's why you're the butcher. <laughs> All right. You'd mentioned them other cookers, um, your Weber and uh, your those. I don't yeah. even know what the other one was. What uh, out of you know, I'm in the, the Weber uh, charcoal grill. The um, what do they call it? The the black ones that have been around since. Yeah, just forever. a Weber kettle. Yeah, yep, Weber kettle. Um, I I don't think uh, hot dog tastes better on anything else. That's that's it. Well, Sunday we cooked uh, a filet roast on a drum and then finished up right at the end. I threw some hamburger patties on it and some hot dogs on that drum. And I'm just going to tell you, I had some leftover hot dogs the next day. And, buddy, that 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 would challenge your, your Weber, I'm telling you. <laughs> that was good. Oh, yeah? Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Out of those, your cookers, what was your first? What was your last or so far? My very first grill uh, was my wife and I lived in Queens. 
we had a little balcony and I had a little Weber Q. Um, it's a little portable uh, propane guy. And uh, it's how I, my very first rack of ribs I ever tried was, was cooking on them. And they did not come out very good. <laughs> um, that was my very first grill. I still have it. Uh, it's in my garage. Um, nice to bring to the beach, things like that. Small little guy. Nice. And and the the Weber kettle was my most recent purchase. I uh, always had one growing up, and you know I was like, you know what, With, you know, and they had a sale on Fourth of July last year. I was like, I should have one of these. Why wouldn't I have one of these? I bought it. I love it. Yeah, if you're going to be the barbecue guy on your uh, block, you've got to got to have one of them, if nothing else, but to it can hold your ice chest while you're cooking on the drum. <laughs> so living where you're living there on long island i'm sure there's not a ton of competitions but do you do any competition cooking or you're a backyard chef uh i have not done any competition i would love to there isn't much around here except my town is actually doing a second year barbecue competition this uh October, I think it is. I'm going to latch on to a friend of mine uh, who does competition more commonly and just kind of help him out. And, you know, I know competition is a little different game, so um, excited to try it out with him. Nice. But, yeah. So, do Always you. In the backyard. I was going to ask you is the one that's in your town, is it a backyard contest? And do you know much about it? No, it's it's a real you know people who have um, established themselves around. I think that some of the guys come from. I, I went there last year. I just kind of walked by, um, and it looked like there were some guys who were from out of state, and then um, but definitely some local. And you can see their banners. So I'll say where they're from, um, and I recognize towns on Long Island. I my first real barbecue experience. What got me into barbecue was at a competition on Long Island. Um, I think that competition is long gone now. They don't do it anymore. But, yes, yeah, not, not a lot around here. Well, let's just see what we can do about getting that changed. Yes. All right. Let's see. Let's see. What are your go-to items to cook other than the beef ribs? Are you, do you cook a steak? you do a pork chop? Are you hamburgers? What, what is your go-to? Um, well, hamburgers and, and hot dogs this time of year are just kind of, a like a Thursday night, you know, with the kids and, you know, they're just easy to throw on. I always have burgers in the freezer ready to go, um, all times of the year. Like I said, I cook all year round. Um, other than that, uh, my wife is a huge fan of, uh, baby backs. So, you know, I'll cook, I cook them on Father's Day. I cook them pretty often. Um, I'll do a couple racks and uh, we'll have plenty for leftovers. And um, I would say, though, uh, baby backs would be my next most common thing I cook. There is nothing much better than a great cooked baby back rib. That is one of the really few good. ribs that I will cook without wrapping, and I just absolutely love the texture all the way through it after it's cooked. 
yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I I I used to not like them sweet, but now I've gone into like the sweeter rubs and the sugar and the you know um, like a cherry flavor, the apple flavor, and they're like just you know candy on your fingertips, and you know you're licking your fingertips, and they're just they're just fun, and uh, um, they're they're pretty easy to cook. Um, they're easy to, to mess up, but um, man, the when you bring those to any party, you know, we would do UFC fights at my friend's house and I'd always bring over a few trays. The things are gone before the tray hits the table. So we have like 15 guys overall watching the fight. You know, it, something about them. It's just classic, really. Yeah, it is. That you'll find around here a lot more common. But the baby backs? People put, yeah, but guys, they, around here you hear a lot of like slow cooker recipes and I got this great you know, rib in the oven recipe and all right, you guys do you, but I'm telling you as a smoker, it's nothing like them. When you get that, that, you know, the pink in it, oh, the smoke ring, beautiful. Yeah. Well, you'd mentioned that, you know, just a little bit about backyard competitions or you chatted with a friend or something. Tell us about what that's about. Well, um, so there's a, a gentleman in my town, um, his name is Hugh, uh, and he, he does a lot more of the competition stuff. And, you know, he's uh, really been around the circuit, and um, I, I just haven't. I don't know a ton about it, to be honest with you. This, the competition stuff never really, I, I just, you know, I, I have young kids, it's kind of hard to, to venture into it. Uh, right now, I would love to, but hard to get the time. Yeah, and that's, I think, the biggest thing that we're finding across the country is the demographic of competition cookers are becoming just a touch younger or just the opposite. People that are more set in lifestyle, they their kids are teenager even out of the house, and they, they now want to get into it. But I think you're, yeah, if there, it's a younger group of cookers that's ganged together, it's usually three, four, and they've all taken turns or they're doing their favorite cut and letting the next guy do the next piece of meat. But most of them are, they can be, I've seen some married and some, most of them will be just old frat buddies or something. And, but I, I, I think you're, you're thinking, um, just like everybody else is around. Yeah, it, you know, uh, I think when the kids get older and I can, you know, reclaim some weekend time and get away for a little bit, I'll definitely, definitely be more into it. Um, it's not my thing right now. Well, you mentioned a while ago a one-year-old birthday a little while back. Let me tell you, you said when they get a little older, you've got about 40 years before you get your weekend <laughs> back. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, she, she's still very dependent. Layla, she just turned one in uh, June 14th. Um, very dependent on us. My, my son, Logan, he's almost three. He's a little less, but again, you know, a little, yeah, <laughs> you know, a little time. <laughs> I think your competitions will be limited to the driveways and the backyards right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. Well, Glenn, I really have enjoyed the conversation and like talking barbecue to anybody and everybody. Um, is Can you think anything you want to ask or, or bring up or talk about or anything? Uh, 
Um, I mean, uh, I would say that, you know, the, the current state of barbecue is kind of in a funny place with people getting, you know, the, the, the flat top deals and I don't know. I think we're kind of getting away from the basics and cooking with, you know, an open flame and being able to, uh, maintain a fire and understand how it all works. Um, this little segment is a jab at my best friend Darren. Him and I just got to a pretty good uh, <laughs> argument. He just got a um, a blackstone, and uh, it took a little fishing trip for us to get back to under good terms with each other. But uh, you know, I think uh, any anytime anybody's cooking is a good thing. Um, I think that there's um, a lot of great options out there. Um, you know, with uh, I, I like the pit barrel cooker a lot. I think it's pretty consistent and easy to use um and i'm really liking that there's a lot of boutique rubs and sauces uh like yours uh like a few others and you can get away from those uh store-bought you know owned by a conglomerate that you know it's just numbers on a spreadsheet they you know they don't dial in these flavors they don't they don't have the experience. It's people in a boardroom saying they're going to cut out the garlic because it costs so much this year. So, you know, there's a lot to get out, uh, a lot to try out there, and I encourage anybody to check out the products that, you know, obviously Butcher Barbecue and uh, some others and put them side by side. And uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it, it it's, uh, especially this summer, you know, I think today or yesterday was the first official day of summer. You know, now's the time. And Fourth of July is a couple weeks away. Uh, you ain't a joke in there. Yesterday was the first day of summer around here, also with the heat. Um, without, I'm going to toot our own little horn here. So I'm going to be very vague, um, and I wish for you to be the same. But we are, well, we're always testing and doing stuff. You, everybody knows that with Butcher Barbecue. But we do have a new product coming out on the market and my brand ambassadors has seen it they know about it they've seen pictures they have yet to get any unfortunately production is not what we had hoped but it's in the process and let me ask you what are you thinking of the pictures that you've seen we've i've been posting Again, stay vague. I'm very excited. I think it's uh, it's some really cool stuff, and I think um, you know it's gonna be one of those things. I think that uh, you know you should get people excited about uh, barbecuing and cooking and all that. I think yeah, I try to stay vague as possible, but I think it's really cool what you're doing. Well, thank you. I. That's that's all I wanted right there. I I I get to chat and talk with people there on the internet just like everybody else, but it's really neat to hear your thought process cuz I mean, you're half a world around half half a country away from me. I live in a little rural country town. Um you live in a city. I cook with whatever, you cook with whatever, and it's really I think it's going to be a interesting deal to see what people how they think of this and what they when they see it what their initial thoughts are i feel yeah 
Yeah, it's a fun teaser. Uh, yeah, I think it's 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 good stuff. Uh, cool. I think it's gonna do well, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think the the beans. Uh, you know, it's another thing. The the uh, the beans mix. It's such a great product. Uh, I bring it everywhere I go, um, and it's just kind of cool. I mean, I didn't bring these beans for a side out of a can. These, these came from, you know, somebody who knows, and it, it, it's a it's a unique um, little party tray to bring to anything. I think it's really cool. I, Stuff like I, that I think is really cool. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up because that is a great item for summer just to buy a package of the Easy Bean Seasoning and have it just for that, oh, here's an emergency, and I don't have time to go fire off or to make baked beans or to do whatever. You're absolutely right. It is It's a great, easy item. And working with the restaurant down there, that was kind of my idea was I needed something to make it easy. And and that's what we did with these this bean seasoning. So I appreciate your your insights on that. Yeah, I love it. It's just one more thing to bring to a party too, you know. And again, it's not out of a can. It, it you know it takes a little bit of work and to to know the product and um uh it's a I don't know how you can make it any easier, man. Uh, <laughs> very cool. Well, Glenn, that's all I've got. Um, I appreciate your taking the time to sit and chat with Butcher Barbecue's podcast. If you can't think of anything else, um, let's say goodbye. Okay. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, and uh, I'll see you out there. All right, Glenn. Thanks a lot. Everybody, listen to the guy here at the end of this, and make sure you like and subscribe so you won't miss out another fun and interesting podcast. Bye, everybody. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast.